Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Echo Dispatch. If you're new to the podcast, firstly, where have you been? Secondly, by way of introduction, I'm Jason Lewis, Chief Reporter at the Bournemouth Daily Echo. This latest episode was one I was keen to do from the very start of the series, so I'm thrilled that I can finally share it with you. I'm quietly confident most listeners will know the brand Jimmy's Iced Coffee. But did you all know this highly successful business has its roots in Christchurch? A few weeks ago, squeezed in between the Christchurch Food Festival and the Bournemouth Air Festival, I met up with founder Jim Cregan at Jimmy's HQ. Across the UK, the amazing iced coffee brand built up by Jim and his sister Suze seems to now be quite literally everywhere. I started our interview by asking Jim exactly where things were with the business today. We are coming up to 11 years old and... Yeah, we're probably in about six, seven thousand stores across the UK, which is pretty cool. Spotted on weird places like the co-op on the Isle of Skye, which actually sells really, really well, um, surprisingly. So yeah, it's 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 nice to be in most places. We've still got loads to go after, um, which is the exciting bit. Just plenty of opportunity with existing stuff, new stuff, new stores, more distribution points, more places in store. Yeah, there's lots going on. And um, we'll come on to a bit of what's got to this point. But first and foremost, obviously, the brand sort of linked to your name, but it's never been just you from the start. It's uh, you and your sister working together. How has that been throughout the process and how has that developed working alongside her so closely? So working with Suze has been amazing. It's been, a, it's been yeah, as I say, like nearly 11 years. Everything has its ups and downs, as business does. Um, but we've, we've, always just, we've always just stuck together for the for the common aim of making refreshing iced coffee it's got to be available in great fridges across the uk and beyond it's kind of like our, our mission statement and i guess at the very beginning we shared we shared everything so all the every single job role that you can imagine that happens in this company now we both did together at some stage in, in a much smaller capacity but we did everything and then the trick is to try and work with people who are far better at you than, than in that particular area um, and then you kind of let that bit go and, and then again and again and again and again until you have our team. So our team is now 25 strong and we just hope that everyone or we just try to make sure that everyone's having a good time whilst doing a great a great load of work. So that's where we're at. And I'm not going to expect you to comment on her or as she's doing But what would you say if she was if I was interviewing her, what would she say would be your best quality and possibly the thing she finds maybe most frustrating alongside working with you? Oh wow! So my yeah, we asked we actually asked this in, in interviews like, what do you what do you rubbish at and what are you really really good at? So she'd probably say just my unorganized self. Uh, I'm really really unorganized, hence why I'm late today. And best quality would be God, I don't know. Probably that I just don't take things too seriously, and I genuinely enjoy having fun. And if I'm not having fun, I get annoyed that we're not having fun. That's what, that's what I reckon she'd say. And I'm not going to pressure and say maybe what she's. Not very good at, but what is she very good at? And what does she bring that stands out for you? Oh, Sue, Sue's just Sue's is such a Sue's loves things just to be simple, and things can get so complicated so quickly with lots of things that are going on. So she's she's she has no trouble in just saying, "Can you stop and just talk to me so I can understand exactly what you're saying?" And it just helps everyone understand what's going on. So it's all about stripping back all the complicated stuff. and just go, "What it, what are we trying to do here?" And I and I think that's probably one of Sue's best bits is just get rid of all the faff and just get to the point of exactly what we're trying to do and then probably worst bit probably just sometimes Suze can sweat what there's a saying called sweating the small stuff 
and she can sweat the small stuff sometimes. But it's, it is important. There's a fine line between small stuff and small stuff, but it's really actually quite bad. But knowing that balance is, is an important one. And she's still, still trying. I'm still trying to be organized when I can, but we can all, we can always improve, right? And by the sounds of it, they really complement each other, those two sort of different qualities that you've got coming together. Yep, Susan and I are two very different people. In terms of our skill sets, I fund like from the very beginning. I typically looked after all the marketing and the kind of front of house stuff. So I'd always be the one talking to people, and letting letting people know that we exist and tell them how amazing our iced coffee is. Whereas Suze would be more in the engine room, getting the iced coffee made, making sure it gets to shelf, making sure we've got money in the account. So she's definitely the the I don't know the the serious side, and I'm more the fun side. I've dived into the Echo archive and found an article from 2013 where we actually interviewed um, both of you. I couldn't see a name of the reporter on it. I'd imagine it was someone who's mum and dad in the business or or someone else who's moved on. But two points to start for me. You referenced an experience with a double-decker bus beeping its horn wanting iced coffee. Yes. Which we'll come on to. And also, um, Sue said, we always know it's a great idea, but we never thought we would grow this quickly because so many small startups fail now. So firstly, let's reflect on the, the double-decker bus point. Talk me through that, and does that still sit in your memory, that, that moment? It took me a little bit of time, but I remember I think we were just in our van, our branded van, and a bus driver was kind of pulled up alongside, and he was just like waving at us like, I need one of your, need one of your rice coffees. And that was really, really cool to see. So he either knew that we that he'd tried us before or he just liked the look of our van and thought, God, I could really, really smash a nice coffee these days. But those kind of things are really fun. Seeing people drink our stuff when we haven't prompted them to or it's just completely random. You might see someone on the street just casually necking a mocha, for example. That's the absolute height of excitement for me. That's my like absolute favourite thing to see. And what was the other part of the question? And so coming on to the, the quote saying that obviously we knew it was going to grow but didn't know it would grow so quickly. Did you ever have any doubts that the business will succeed and do you still get sort of concerns or fears now even being almost 11 years old you you you're, you're living in fear 24 hours a day but you never think it's going to fail and they're, they're two i mean they're very close together but you have to have this drive that is going to work and from the beginning i don't know whether it's madness i don't know what it is but we just well i knew um that it was just going to work and it, i mean it had to work there's nothing there's no other no other option for it to work so you just have to have to have to make it you know make it work and make it amazing but then you you do but then fear keeps you going fear and worry keep you working keep you striving keep you on the ball really to get it to get it to where it needs to go and you to mention the brand of the truck there. I don't know if that was the, the said truck, but what happened to the truck of destiny? Is it still around? Or is oh, it, it, it was at Christchurch Food Festival two days ago. Yeah, it now has a gigantic bottle can on the back. Um, and it looks it looks so good. So many people taking photographs of it. I mean, it's a 1973 pickup truck. It looks like something out of Cars or Cars 3, you know, that, that, that Disney Pixar movie. It's just got a, it's got a really lovely character and it kind of just oozes a bit of like nostalgia which is really nice because i've seen it plenty of times around the one that i remember specifically is obviously at the paper we have to go and we cover problems and do the picture on a great day yeah and so i don't know it must have been someone that knew or approached you and it was there and there was some i don't know who it was but someone was on the back throwing out jimmies everywhere like, oh yeah that was marky yeah, yeah. marky who works who worked with us who's now sadly left he uh yeah he went he went to the proms and just did a load of sampling and stuff which is fun and i've i've, I've taken a, a kid to the prom in the truck before which is fun it's just it's cool doing that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. We have to discuss, I think, the, the rap track, which okay. I don't know if you know, but it's got more than a million views yeah. on YouTube. 
How did it come about, firstly? <laughs> so when I used to live in Dubai, I lived there for about 18 years. We had a friend of ours who was really getting into film. And this is back in the day when I think things, things were actually still filmed on film. It wasn't even on, like, disc. This was actually on tape. And I really wanted to do a like a joke music version of one of Snoop Dogg's tracks called G's and Hustlers, which we created and we put it up on YouTube. You can find it somewhere, somehow. And um, and then when we started Jimmy's, I've, I've always really liked kind of old school hip hop and I just thought it'd be quite nice to translate our brand through the medium of a of an old school hip hop track with a bit of like real nice like summer overriding tone and then a load of tongue in cheek stuff so it's not taken seriously at all um, with a beat that you can properly nod your head to. And so we spoke to a buddy of mine called Ben who um, has an agency called Fearlessly Frank and he helped us essentially source a production company and everything else that went with it. And we just essentially got to work and produced it over, or filmed it over three, no, two days. And then all the editing and then seeding out to all the public and stuff. And then, uh, and then yeah, did, did pretty well. It was actually one of the highlights of our of our journey doing this thing was was creating that track. It was so fun. When was the last time you watched it? Do you go back to it occasionally? Or? Oh man, I haven't watched it <laughs> probably maybe like three years, yeah, three good. or four years. So how do you think it aged? Is it still the test of time? I think, think de- the first one was definitely awesome and I'm, I'm happy. I'd, I'd watch it actually any day because I, I still think it's a great thing. Just And it's got nothing to do with me being in it. To, at all it just just the the production value the cheekiness of it the fun of it um the second one i think was have you ever heard of jumping the shark <laughs> yeah I th- the second one was a small version of jumping the shark i think it was still a really really well produced track but it just it just didn't have that like proper magic of the first but really really fun at the core of everything it seems for our jimmy's has been um keep your chin up or kyc mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. is it just as important now as when you first started I don't think it's as prominent as it was. And I, that's purely because we used to do so much merchandise with like KYC on people's hats and t-shirts and all that. It's now much more product-led as opposed to ethos-led, but we still have KYC on on like all of our newsletter sign-offs. It's, it's within emails. It's how we talk to people online. So it's very much still there, but I wouldn't say it's at the absolute forefront. It, that must have been very important at the starting point when it was still trying to get yourself out there and really grow the business is what was probably more prominent than it is now yeah and i think when i mean with a when you think of a coffee company most people will try and sell either the provenance of it or the smell or the aroma or the fact that it's an arabica bean or it's um the caffeine or whatever but ours is much more about i think because it's iced coffee iced coffee has two things one it has caffeine which is a boost and iced makes it that really really refreshing factor and you put those two, two things together and you've got a really really positive fun lifestyle kind of product to drink out of i mean people can argue to the hill with me on that but that's what i believe and i think keep your chin keep your chin up has a has a positive kind of resonance with that product and it seems to work because it's so far away from coffee but it does seem to work really well 100 percent. and you've done quite a matter of all things really i was doing a bit of research before the interview and it was trying to fit, get the question down but i've got recent just to name you mystery movie nights yeah all manner of publicity i don't know if you want to call them stunts or events you've done in and around christchurch yeah online quizzes you were doing during lockdown yeah are there many ideas that you were like you've had and there's someone's like jim i don't think we can do that or that isn't going to work or if you just always ran with it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work or if it works fantastic there's always ideas we've got that don't work because they they're more like just throwaway kind of ideas because to get to one big idea you've got to have loads of different ideas so those ones always get canned because something better comes along 
I guess there's there's not there's been nothing that we've wanted to do that was just too big or too gnarly to do. Um, they've always just they always just haven't worked for decent reason, which is quite exciting. But we've got another thing coming out pretty soon. So as we've just launched our aluminium bottle can, we're actually looking at creating a we're not looking at it's actually being made at the moment. It's about five and a half meter tall bottle can that's going to be dumped in various places. Oh, nice. The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. The journey of Jimmy's has been followed closely by the Bournemouth Daily Echo since the business's inception. And Jim has never seemed afraid of pushing the boat out. But what is he most proud of today? I think I think actually just, just building a company that's sensibly, sensibly run by really, really cool people. Seeing we've got a community of people who work with us who really, really enjoy what they do. And that for me is probably the biggest thing is the fact that we've actually we've actually successfully built a company and we have been going for 11 years and that that for me is just like a huge tick in the box considering what I was doing before and what I thought I could do and what I was capable of we've actually done an amazing job and when I say we I really really mean we because it's it, it was obviously just my idea from the start but it, it you know from nano dot one my sister joined us and then also Steve who's on our uh, who's our finance director he joined us and so without everyone we we are essentially nothing and that's what I'm most proud of is that we are we're still here and we're still going and you've maintained in your roots of being in Christchurch from where it all started off and it is just, it's not for the size of the business and what the business does it still seems to me like a very small team how important is it having that a that collective where everyone's in it together and also being here still, and you're so involved. You touched on you did the food festival, you're doing the air festival, yeah. But then you're also doing big national events at the same time. How important is it you to stay that part and be people know that yeah we're still here in Christchurch. I think well Christchurch because it's on the south coast and we really really enjoy what the south coast has to offer. I mean if you look at our social media for example, a lot of the photography, a lot of the videos and stuff will be centered around the coast or around the New Forest or something like that because it it really does push lifestyle here. Um, and it's our home and it's kind of, I think it's it's essentially the home of Jimmy's and that's quite cool. And when you see other brands, like I'm a big fan of Nike ACG and that's part, that's the home of that is in is in Oregon. And you kind of go, I wouldn't mind going there one day, maybe checking out their HQ and just seeing what their flagship store might be like. And there's things, there's things like that where, where it's got a base and it's got its own home. I quite, I quite like that. And we'd never want to move that away um, just because it's just too good here. Yeah, and you touched on bottle cans, which obviously is a recent change to the business to do that. Yeah, how important is that environmental impact that the business having? Is that something that's always been on your mind, or become more and more in recent years and going forward? Just basically a few years ago, I was walking it down at Kimridge, uh, over on the Jurassic Coast, and I saw one of our plastic lids on the beach, and it could have been ours, it could have been someone else's, but I just decided to blame myself and just thought this is really, really pants. I'm not really keen on that. So we just went about trying to figure out how we can go into a much better vessel that's way easier, way more easy to recycle and essentially made from one ingredient, which is just aluminium. Although we've got a slightly higher carbon footprint when we're actually manufacturing, we have finished with a much better end product. So we can sort the, sort the issue out at the beginning, but you can never sort the problem out at the end. So we sorted the problem out at the end. We now need to fix the beginning bit, which we were going to have to do anyway, but that's a it's it's just it just feels like we're in a much better place. And after this is probably a, a Pandora's box question asking most business people this. Cool. But do, do you have any sort of regrets associated to the business or mistakes you made that you really look back on and think, how did I do that? Or is it just a learning experience? It's a really good question. I think the the absolute majority is learning. And I, if I really sat down and thought, what do I regret? I probably regret 
giving away so much to people when you just don't need to. And I mean, you can be get you can get so tired working with people and doing stuff with people, and you don't get anything back, or you actually don't. You get worse back, and you kind of go, oh, "I actually regret putting all that effort into into a particular person or a particular thing." So I pro- I'd probably say. I don't even know if I'd call it a regret. I'd just say it's, it's probably my fault and actually need to learn from it. And you've given so much to good cause over the year, all manner of, of good causes. I don't know if you know how much in total you've given. I'm sure it's an incredible figure. But how important is it to you to be in a position you can where you can do something to help other people? Because that's something that it seems like Jimmy's is always doing. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not necessarily a, like a financial giver all the time. We give away product, we give away time, which is just as important, I believe. I probably give away the most time because I have the most time now. So, I mean, we were just talking about John Egging Trust just a moment ago, and we have a load of amazing of their school kids come over to us and we'll spend half a day or a full day teaching them about presentation skills or just general life skills and bits and pieces. And that's just a really, really lovely thing to be able to give back. And then, for example, you know, during COVID, we've given away, I don't know how many tens, if not maybe even a hundred and something thousand iced coffees to NHS staff and key workers, which has been great to do. We've had so many requests and, and we just fulfill them. You know, these people are working stupid hours in crazy conditions. And if all we need to do is give them a nice cold iced coffee just to keep their chin up, literally, then that's a then that's a good thing to do. And it's business isn't about just making money. It's actually about doing other stuff that where people feel kind of happy. It was nice being the food festival on the weekend I think I had three or four people come up going by the way I work for this charity and I just wanted to say thanks very much for donating to the raffle and then someone else came up and you kind of go right we are actually doing a good thing here this is cool it must be really refreshing because sometimes you do everyone has bad days and whatever they do and you can mm. bog down but when you get a moment like that from anyone on the street or whatever it's, it's a huge a big... tick yeah it's great I feel it couldn't be an interview about you about speaking about this because from reading about it it seemed like such a big moment for you you finally cracked co-op Yes! <laughs> Tell me about what that means and why that was such a big achievement for you. So it, it, it opens the door to 2,000 places that you can pick up at Jimmy's, which is so exciting because we just want more and more people to know about it. And we'd like, we love it when people choose ours over something else. So that's really, really cool. The fact that it's, I mean, the co-op is such a great store because it's just grabbing, a lot of it's just grab and go or top-up shopping. I'm not going to go into the details of it because that's quite boring. Um, but in general, you just knit, you, you always just pop to the co-op or nip to the co-op. You don't go, I'm going to go and do my weekly shop because that's just exhausting. So you know that people can just whip around and go and grab grab one of our things. And it's a great store as well. And then I think the, the highlight of it just being so exciting is we've, I've driven up to co-op probably, probably about 10 times, maybe eight times. And it's up in Manchester. So you do a 13-hour, maybe 14-hour round trip, drive all the way up to six hours, wait, have a half-an-hour meeting. I mean, some of the uh, meetings I've had have been terrifying and really disheartening. And eventually, I mean, you grow as a business and you understand, you know, when, when people are trying to, when you're trying to pitch to someone and you're only small and you're not guaranteed and all these kind of things, you do understand it. But I guess now we're in a place where we've got decent sales data, we've got a good rate of sale, you know, we're growing as a brand in a in a really really cool category, and to get it at that point was was really cool. Did any on the drive any of the drive homes from Manchester was ever? I'm not doing this again. Like I don't know if I can go through and go through this process again. Or was no, it also just, just determination you, you just to let, crack it. You just let the dust settle and then you go again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. There's so many. There's so much opportunity there. You got to go for it. And, that's it. and obviously, that's a, a big step for the business in in recent times. And looking forward, you've touched on 
what's that in the bottle can? What's in the pipeline for Jimmy? Because there's obviously a lot of talk. Your iced coffee market is such a booming thing. If you spoke to people probably about 15, 20 years ago in this country, they'd have been like, whereas most people yeah. you speak to now, oh, I love a nice coffee. Yeah. And what was the future hold for Jimmy? So I think we've got to just be careful about what where we are at and what we want to do and take things a little bit more, not slowly, but just just focusing on what is what's the greatest like opportunity for us. So is it creating new products or is it actually really trying to maximize on one particular retailer to see if we can get more stores to get into or even more facings for products? Because um, we've only just launched into the bottle can, so that's our original and our mocker, and we're going to be putting an oat in there as well next year. So it's really important that we just focus, we just do our one thing and our one thing really, really well without getting too distracted on anything else. So that's been, that's that's kind of what we're working on at the moment is just how we can just grow without doing too much crazy stuff. Because it is such a thing, there's obviously your oat milk, honey milk, all, all these different brands of things. Yeah. And they're all got the different things, but it seems like you've got difficult decisions to make, but I'm sure it's exciting times to have those decisions to make. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And um, well, that's it from mine. Unless there's anything you want to say in, in terms of anyone that's out there listening to this drinking at Jimmy's or has bought a Jimmy's over the years that's helped you get to this point today to finish on. Keep your chin up and keep rocking and having fun. Well, thank you for your time, Jim. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. That concludes the fifth episode of the Echo Dispatch. I hope you got a kick out of hearing all about Jimmy's iced coffee from the man who's been there since day one. The podcast is available on a number of major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Please let me know your thoughts on the series and anyone you would like to be interviewed by emailing me on jason.lewis at bournemouthecho.co.uk. Thanks for listening and bye for now. The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis.